ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Dishelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Hello, good sir. Do you know why this is a glorious Thursday here on the podcast? Because we're back. And also because it is a free country where you can go out and get your vaccine to save you from life-threatening illnesses, people. Yes, I, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, I think two Fridays ago, I, I got my, um, my COVID uh, booster and my uh, flu vaccine. <clears throat> That's what I got yesterday, and I'm feeling a little bit blue today, but to me, it's well worth it to ward off potentially much worse side effects of the COVID or the full-fledged flu. Indubitably. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take just a quick second and thank everyone who uh, popped in to say hello to me during the extra live stream. Uh, this past Saturday, I streamed from 2 a.m. Uh, to 2 a.m. Uh, Saturday to 2 a.m. Uh, Sunday, or actually 1.59 on Sunday, because I was not going to get ca- caught in the daylight savings trap. Well, you have in the past. Yes, I have in the past. However, I didn't have a, uh, a basketball game that I was actually playing in uh, eight hours later. That's a fair reason. So, I was just going to say that, uh, so, uh, I had set a goal of $300 this year, uh, which was $25 more than I raised last year. And I'm happy to report that, that ultra confusion raised $405. I don't know where the five comes in, but $405 for ultra confusion, the 11th year straight. Also, if you follow Extra Life uh, social media, uh, I have given them per- permission to use my picture. I don't know if they'll actually use it, but they have my permission to use it. So there's that. That is a pretty epic number. Yeah, I wish I had better words. But now, but here's but here's the funny thing about the Extra Life experience. This is the one really weird thing. Was uh, what's up, Chip? Um, we only, there was only one issue that kept happening in the chat room and I'd have to get out of the game to basically reset the chat. Apparently, if you're streaming for long enough on YouTube, you'll get the the sex website uh, bots will start what? commenting in your chat room. <laughs> so I had to keep like, not again. Pop out. Is that to like? Is that to keep like the audience or the streamer entertained after so many hours of gameplay? It's like you know what this guy probably needs a little pick me up. If you know what I mean. I, I no. Is that how it works? Yeah, no, I don't think so. No, um, I, I don't now, know. now the games. I mean, I did. I did end up playing a lot of um, uh, Shadow uh, Mordor, uh, Shadows of War. Um, I did uh, dip my toe into the water with uh, a couple other games. Such as I finished off Dead Space early, early in the morning. Uh, I played a little uh, Alice Madness Returns. I played I a little. Bit, uh, so I played a little of a game called Ender Lilies, which was pretty cool. Uh, played some Axiom Verge. Um, played for a very short moment uh, a new game called Ghost Song, and then while I was eating my uh, my meal because. Here's a fun fact. When Charlie starts gaming or when Charlie gets focused on stuff on the computer, he tends to forget meals. So during my meal that day, I don't know, basically just throw uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. 
Uh, I played uh, Slay the Spire since I didn't have to have a controller in my hand to play that game. Shadows of Mordor, or both the Mordor games, like, they truly stress me out. Like, though, especially you start fighting, like, the bosses, like, there's just something about that game. No, it's, like, truly a life or death. Because, like, most games, like, you die, it's, like, you just redo the boss over, like, same difficulty and everything. But if you're playing Shadows of Mordor, you know, if you die to bosses, they actually get harder, and, yes. like, other bosses can potentially get harder. So, like, for me, that's, like, even more so than a game like, um, oh gosh, tell about my, the true sweaty palm game. Um, what, like Demon Souls? Souls. Yeah, like yeah. Souls. Yeah. But like, it doesn't necessarily get harder. But Mordor stresses me out because you know, <clears throat> not if, but when you're going to die, like, it actually gets harder. So, yeah. yes, yeah. it does. Uh, you're, if you, if you lose to an already, what do they call it? Uh, basically a leader, um, you they gain a level. Um, if you die to like a, a regular grunt, they get elevated to uh, leader status and get like extra stuff. Um, and I've put some serious hours into Sh uh, uh, Shadow of War and yeah, it, it, there's, it's, the only thing that really pisses me off is there's, there's like a siege option where you, um, you get to a certain point where you have to capture the region. So you have to capture the, like the citadel or the fortress. And if you get all the way to the end to basically kill the overlord and then die, you got to do the entire siege all over again. And he's like basically refilled his ranks. Yeah, and like I don't know about you, but I'm almost people like when I was facing him or like any of like the leaders, like I try to whittle away all of his minions first. So it wasn't like thirty on one; it was only four on one. I will and tell you, I will, some time. I will tell you this: when you run into an overlord who has the skill of, uh, I think it's called um, Dead Eye or something like that, where he's a he's a ranged attack that cannot miss, and he has a cursed weapon. Which basically drains all of your other stuff. <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah, it's yeah. There's some there's some nasty combinations, um, especially like one of the things I always love doing is like jumping over enemies to like basically hit them from the behind when they hit shields. But if you do it too many times, they start like learning. They actually like adapt to your offense. So we start being like, oh, it's Arlo. Hey, Arlo. I agree. Yes, you should go fight the big bad boss too. He's just walking around by my feet, so I had he had to say hello. No, the well, yeah, like you face those bosses and like, and they learn and they start countering what your normal tactic is. Yeah, you can so no like, longer vault over them. They yeah, they basically anti vault Like, great, that's, that's the worst. Like, faster. Yeah, I don't know how to attack you now. Yeah, so I I mean I don't know where I am in the game in, in like in terms of of uh shadows of war but uh it's i mean it's it's entertaining it definitely you know i i could definitely go through a couple waves of enemies and feel good about myself after i just destroyed everybody i feel it's a very easy time sink game like yes. before you know it like hours have passed okay oh yes just the way the and then it's in a good way it's not like in a negative way it's just the way the maps are laid out and like yeah, it could definitely be a very time-consuming type of game to play. But 
I enjoyed it. And what, I mean, once you get up to like level 20, so you've got enough skill points into, into different things, that's when you could just start like poning like yeah. waves and waves of monsters. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is, I don't think we actually did the uh, the intro here. This is the Thursday Hangouts, a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you. If you haven't uh, given us your topic, your suggestion or subject, or maybe you just have a question for us, all you got to do is drop it into the chat. We will add it to this show. If we do run out of time, we'll add it to the very next show. Uh, and oh, by the way, I am your host, Charlie, and that is Zelius, the prolific commoner himself. All right. Let's get in. I'm going to grab some of the topics from last week since I tried in vain to do a little bit of a show and it went because we didn't have the amazing prolific commoner himself, Zelius, here. Um, so we're going to try with a couple of topics from last week. And the first topic that we have to talk about, and this is a big one in both of our minds, is the fact that Geralt of Rivia is leaving after the upcoming or, yeah, the upcoming season of The Witcher. Are you trying to make me angry? I was in a good mood. I was happy. Like, life is going good. And then you just go and remind me of why I hate things. Yes. So Henry Cavill is signed on to become Superman again, so he will no longer be Geralt. They're sending a replacement in the form of Liam Hemsworth. And Zelius and I talked about this off air and maybe on Discord as well. But here is my brilliant idea. Geralt goes off on an adventure and another witcher because the witcher is actually the witchers are an organization okay you just have another witcher take his place liam hemsworth do not have liam do not recast Geralt. that will not go well in my mind no i heard and like and the thing is because if you have not watched it i mean he is he is Geralt. yeah like his physique, his mannerisms, the way he's just like, oh fuck! Like he knows he more than most of most of writers on The Witcher. Ah, and he, he just embodied who everyone like saw Geralt is once he started acting. Yeah, and you're just you're not going to exceed that. And I have no issues with Liam Hemsworth as acting. No, but it's just replacing somebody that iconic that fits so well. It did it so well. Yeah. And the problem is, is you know, inevitably season four, like that's all anyone's going to talk about. It doesn't matter. Like in theory, he could actually be better than um, Cavill. Right. But people are still going to only talk about the fact that he's not Cavill. He's not Cavill. It's all anybody's going to say. Yeah. Whereas I think you're right. I think if we just replaced him with another Witcher, oh, girl's out on an adventure somewhere else, saving somebody else. Then people are like, okay, cool. We're going to get another adventure of another Witcher. Like, people will be totally cool with that. There is, um, there, just, just, yeah. to, just so you know, there is uh, uh, Vesemir, there's Letho, there's Lambert, there's Eskel, there's Erland, and there's George. Just to name a couple of Witchers that are out there. I mean, they could literally just make one up, and people would probably honestly be pretty cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Or maybe there's like a, another island of witchers that we just don't know about. I mean, they could go a lot of routes. There was a witcher that was made in secret back in the day. Yeah. Ta-da. I mean, but actually replacing Geralt, I just don't see yeah. how that's 
going to go over well. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm very skeptical. I'll still watch it, not going to lie, because I yep. love The Witcher. Um, I will say season one was definitely better than season two, in my opinion. Um, so I'm interested to see where season three goes. Now, of course, the other scuttlebutt as far as why he left is because he's a one of the reasons we like Cavill's The Witcher is because he's a true fan of the genre yes. and games and nerdism and geekism, all encompassing. Yep. And there'd always been rumors of him pushing against the writers. Some of them basically came out right. We're like, yeah, we hate the original story, The Witcher. Um, and so there's also, yes, I know Superman's a part of it, but there's also the rumors of he also got tired of fighting the man, basically. And it's like, this is getting too far from what the original vision of The Witcher is. Yep. So I'm just going to leave it instead of it becoming something I don't want to put my name to. Um, so that's the other thing. So it'd be, so I guess that makes it even more curious to me of where's The Witcher going to go without Cavill being there as kind of a, let's kind of rein some of these things in. Because what I'm hoping it doesn't become is like another CW show of like soap opera loves. Because as much as I love my CW crap, The Witcher is not CW. Yep. And so that's what I also don't want to happen is it go down that route, um, which unfortunately is inevitably where a lot of shows go, is kind of the path well treading, which I don't think is what we all want to see again for the Hunter of Time and another TV show. Speaking of which, apparently, apparently there's a couple of shows on the CW uh, choppy block that are. Uh... <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, there's really, I mean, I think The Flash is finished this year or next year, and that's basically the end of Arrowverse, as far as I know, because they canceled the little girl, what, Stargirl, I think, or something? I'm like, probably I thinking know. of I, I, the boys. My understanding was like, uh, was it uh, uh, Lois Clark might be on the chopping block and the Winchesters, I think? Maybe. Yeah, no, it's... I, it's kind of sad. I mean, because you used to have Seafy with all their stuff. You had yep. a ton of great shows. Seafy, uh, though, well, I should say Comcast, the owners of Seafy, they had a five-season limit. And then you got to the CW-verse, which, you know, love it or take it. It still kind of gave you that outlaw if you wanted it. But now it's like really between kind of the death of the original programming for both Seafy and CW. You're almost just basically left with Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Speaking of Disney kind of Plus, dear God, how many freaking like new like shows are they going to do? There's rumors that there's an Indiana Jones uh, show in the mix. Uh, there's apparently another Star Wars coming to Disney Plus. I mean, good Lord. I'm making up for last time and trying to get that catalog what they feel like is on par with netflix and amazon prime and hulu and all those and of course speaking of netflix uh this news did break i think two weeks ago but the fact of the matter is there will finally 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 they have finally said that there will be a second season of sandman which i know you're super excited about. i am very excited about it because i love the graphic novels and i love the show uh, this is one of the shows that my wife and I really got into, and we've been dying to see where the next, you know, chapter would lead us. And now we have confirmation that there will indeed be a next chapter. I just started watching season two of Warrior Nun tonight. Ah, I just started watching 
The Inside Man on Netflix. It's always, I mean, that's the tricky proposition with any of these television shows. So it's like, will there be another season? Um, like, I mean, Amazon Prime, you already know there's going to be another season of Ring of Power. Yep. Um, but then you have the new one that just came out about like, where they enter basically the mine terminal. Um, oh, the, the, um, oh, the, per, like, something. yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember. Of, it's, oh, God. Now you're going uh, it's like the, hold on. I'll pull it up. And like, well, that got the season two. And I started watching that. I'm enjoying it. Um, but that's always the tricky proposition with any of these shows. Like, will there be more of them? Um, yeah. or even perpetually in that, you know, one or two season state. Although I do feel like Amazon Prime, from what I've seen, does a pretty good job of picking up their shows. Um, like they did it with, um, my mind is not working today. The peripheral, that's what it is. The peripheral. Yeah. Um, like there's the two shows with like the spy guys. My mind is just not working for the titles of them. Um, one, they've already done season three renew, the other season two renewal. Hannah, they did like four seasons and they actually had like a finale. Yep. So from what I've seen, Amazon Prime, like when they pick a television series, like Netflix almost just like throws stuff at the wall. Like, That's let's true. see if it sticks. Um, whereas Amazon Prime seems a little bit more Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, yes, that's one of them. Jack Ryan's one of them, but then there's also the one that came out. Reacher? Either early, what? Reacher. Yes, thank you. Yep. See the two spy guy movies, um, and both of those have there are we already know another season is coming. What I'll say is like all those shows like they deserved another season. They were all good shows. Right. Um, so I'm happy to see that. I think the peripheral is interesting. Where I think peripheral might have a harder time is like Jack Ryan and Reacher were pretty straightforward shows. I mean, I know they had like. Oh no, the mystery of who did it and stuff. But like, as far as like American television goes, there's right. nothing too complicated about it. Um, versus the peripheral, it's definitely it's more like much more like a Westworld in yes. terms of being like, ooh, the AI and what's going on. Yes, so that's that's true. To see if peripheral has enough viewership. Yeah. Um. Now, speaking of uh, all the streaming services, I have to bring up the fact that it has been confirmed Studio Ghibli and Lucasfilm are coming together to make something for Disney+. Plus. Which, to me, I'm basically like this. Here's my wallet. Take whatever you need for me to see this. You already have Disney+, Plus, don't you? Yes, I know, but I will pay more. Look, I love Studio Ghibli. I've got... I've got not all of their movies, but I have a shit ton of them, and I have made my children watch several of them a bajillion times. Porco Rosso, Castle of the Sky, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, to name a few. You didn't have in-depth discussions about the effect of mankind on nature and our symbiotic relationship. We are not watching movie. Princess Mononoke. They are too young for Princess Mononoke. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fair enough. But that's in there. I mean, I've gotten a sky. Uh, was it uh, something of the wind? Um, the cat returns. In the uh, name of the wind, they're too young for that. Uh, Naskaya. You said something about the wind. I was just joking. In oh. the name of the wind. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Cat Returns is a great one. Uh, it's kind of goofy, but yeah, I, I've and there's there's also a movie that's very Ghibli like called uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower, which I highly recommend as well because it's basically in the same vein. Oh, and Kiki's Delivery Service. Jesus, I can't believe I forgot that one. Anyway, there are quite a few Kikis at Dragon. That does not surprise me. It's an easy costume to, to do. Um, and and it's and it stands out. That's the other thing. Um. Now, let us talk about. Uh, let's give an update about something. Uh, we we talked about a convention event gone wrong. Uh, there was a uh, there of course was a convention in San Diego, California called TwitchCon. Uh, they uh, Intel and Lenovo had a foam pit where you could battle gladiator, you know, American gladiator style. And then once you fall off your uh, pedestal, you would fall into these um, these foam blocks. Now it turns out that the foam blocks were it, that pool of foam blocks was not deep at all. It was basically half. It was basically to your shin. Um, and there was a streamer, a prominent streamer, who, uh, as I've uh, since learned, is also uh, an adult uh, film actress. Um, but uh, she was she was there and got severely injured when she decided to uh, jump up in the air to do kind of like one of those I don't know what the hell they're called, but they basically throw her legs out to the side, kind of like cheerleader moves. And when she came down. She, uh, it, it appears that she not only, um, when she felt she, yes, she went into the pit, but apparently part of her body actually hit the floor and just missed all the foam completely. And so she had to have two back surgeries to repair. She is in still in serious amounts of pain. Um, she's having uh, lots and lots of, um, what do you call it? Um, physical therapy. And it also turns out that uh, at the time of her admission into the hospital, uh, she had tested uh, as being pregnant uh, and she had to abort uh, the the child uh, because of all the surgeries. Sheesh. So That's let's just... just say there is a big ass lawsuit that is rumbling down the lane. Yeah, I just feel bad for her. I mean, that's like every possible thing that could have gone wrong went wrong. Went wrong, yeah. And then not even know you're pregnant and lose that pregnancy. I mean, that's ugh. that's I just, I, yeah. That's that's. I mean, yeah. Um, Got to be careful, <laughs> you know. And and life is a cruel mistress. Um, but hopefully she gets. As she gets basically the world and more back for what was done to her, which I know she can't possibly get everything back, but she deserves a hell of a lot of something. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Um, <clears throat> speaking of, well, not Twitch, but of a social media platform, uh, let's talk about this weird ass thing that's happening on Twitter right now. First of all, if you make fun of Elon Musk, your account gets suspended. But 
And a weird little twist, if you pay, I think it's $7.99 a month, you could get one of those fancy blue stickers to put next to your um, next to your name, which of course is was usually you're like the certified, this is the real deal. And so what we've seen is a bunch of trolls pay that $7.99 and then create fake Steam or sorry, Valve, Nintendo, and Twitch accounts, just to name a couple, and basically just spout utter nonsense. And they're just running rampant right now. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There, I think the Nintendo one has Mario flipping the bird to everybody. Um, but let me see if I could find there. There was a great. I'm trying to see if I could find the exact uh, tweet. Um, yeah, if you so so the name that shows up for this certified Nintendo account is Nintendo of America. But if you actually look at the 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 uh, username, it is Nintendoofus, and it's got Mario flipping the bird. Um, Clearly, the verification is going very well. Well, no, 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 no. You don't you don't have to do verification. Just if you pay that seventy ninety nine, you basically get carte blanche. Uh, mm-hmm. There is somebody, uh, there's somebody, uh, oh, what was the one that was really close? Um, there's someone uh, masquerading as Valve, like I said. Uh, their actual username is Valve Software, so the T and the F are switch, swapped. And, and they're basically revealing games that don't actually exist <laughs> to the public to get everybody, you know, up in arms. Um but I'm gonna I'll I'll say this right now. If you if if you're have any type of like marketing strategy on Twitch, jump to another platform now. Because dear God, it's not worth it. I'm actually gonna be amused if Twitter goes the way of like MySpace. Where, you know, I mean, we're old enough, or you and I, I don't know about everybody else on the show. Old enough to remember when MySpace was the top of the you know social media world and like that's yeah what we had you know 20 25 years ago and now it's but a footnote in the history of the internet um it's now and, like for your your garage band uh web uh uh the, fan page I remember it used to have music that would come on MySpace like you went to it I remember I had LA yeah, Styles James Brown is dead just blaring in your ears when you went to mine yeah man yeah um, no this this is but like that's what that's where i see this going and i'm just gonna laugh if elon musk purchasing a twitter flames out basically like myspace it becomes the pariah of you know like facebook's dying just because nobody cares but like i feel like twitter's getting hit because of all the boo like if you just bought it and didn't do anything nobody would actually care yeah like that's like really if you just bought it and just like, oh well that was a dumb purchase you'll just do your thing. Yeah. Like oh well life goes on. Um, once somebody goes and like fires seventy five percent of the workforce. And yeah. Okay, so then, I mean, since Elon the whole Elon Musk thing, um, at least two prominent celebrities have been banned or suspended from uh twi- uh twit uh, sorry Twitter, uh because they did a parody of 
Elon Musk. One was uh, the the actress uh, Sarah Silverman. The other one was Harry Potter himself. Daniel Radcliffe has also <laughs> been suspended for making a parody comment about Elon Musk. And Weird Al Yankovic came out and was like, uh, dude, it's a parody. It's satire. Grow a pair. Yeah. But I thought it was the platform of free speech. Why is he banning people? Yeah, that's that's the funny thing. Is like just, just before he started banning everyone from making fun of him, he's like, Yo, I want free speech. I want everyone to say what they need they want to say. And as soon as people were like, uh Matt Elon Musk is a doofus. Oh, okay. And stop and stop and stop. Um, but again, like most things, like it's the Streisand effect. Yeah. Where again, people mocking him or saying like he's a doofus. Like if you didn't ban him, I wouldn't even honestly know it's a thing. Yeah. Like or a meme or whatever it is. But it's only because he's bringing light to it. Yeah, he's bringing attention to it. it. Not even know that he's being impersonated. Yeah. And the impersonators would have been like, oh, well, that didn't get any attention. I'll just go back to being normal again a day later. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And that that's what's that's what's kind of like, just so stupid. Just if you let it go, it, it like does he realize what the attention span of the internet dwellers are? It's literally like three minutes. As long as you keep saying stop it, people people are going to continue to pay attention. If oh. you're like. Okay, fine, whatever, and then let it go. Yeah, there's going to be some late stragglers that are going to be goofy and make fun, and and it might get the, that tweet or whatever gets shared a couple thousand times, but it's going to die fast. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's the nature. I mean that's always been the nature of news. I mean that's why you had what's called the top of the fold in the New York Times is anything below that people just glazed over and forget by tomorrow news cycle. That's yep. you know story as old as time as far as news goes. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of sit back and just laugh at it all. The problem, I found like Twitter never really made, like, I get what it is, but like the whole, like how you tweet back and the replies just never worked with my mind. Mm -hmm. I just never got into Twitter. Just like from a functionality perspective, I'm like, just don't get it. Um, I guess it's a little bit of get off my lawn. I don't feel like learning new things, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I do want to pause just for a second. Uh, I want to thank the uh, our amazing friends of the show, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to be a friend of the show, of course you could join our Patreon. But uh, before I go into the uh, the details on how to join Patreon, let me tell you about the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. The next shout-out we have to give is to Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and... 
panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash media today. The next shout out uh, is to someone who I probably need to call because uh, 24 hours of gaming straight does leave a crick in the neck. And that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Now, as everyone knows, the next one deals with the, the this next one uh, definitely helped us out in a tight pinch when our non-copyrighted music became copyrighted all of a sudden. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion? Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Yes. And the final shout-out we have to give is to our longest, uh, I guess, patron and that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Ax leads both a development team and a system administration team working on satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile evangelist, Agile Ax, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, ineffective, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. That's A-G-I-L-E-A-X-I-O-M.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you are dying to know how do I become a friend of the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am here to tell you that Alter Confusion has a Patreon. And I, of course, give me one second because I accidentally closed the wrong document. No! Alter Confusion survives the lo love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon, Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, aliens, demigods, gods, interdimensional beings, otherworldly beings, Elder Gods, and much more, of course, and supporters, uh, to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our career process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Ladies and gentlemen, we have not one, but two tiers that you can become a part of. Each one of these is a monthly membership. So the first one is the dollar tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that will get you is early access to all of the playthroughs that Alter Confusion will, uh, that Alter Confusion posts online, as well as the ability to take part in patron-only 
post that could revolve around polls and much more to help shape the future of Alter Confusion. Now, of course, if you're feeling a little bit more frisky and you do want to become a friend of the show, there is a $5 a month or $60 a year tier, which not only gives you everything at the $1 tier, but also gets your name or organization added to our thank you section for every single Thursday night hangout. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash altered confusion. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that that we are past this next part, but I do want to, uh, there's still time to donate. So I'm still going to give the shout out to the fact that Alter Confusion is proud to have been a part of Extra Life for 11 straight years. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life, goes directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta at Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. All right. Kind of mumbled through a couple of those, but that's okay. All right. So there is um, there is some serious toxicity that is happening in a certain game that has been very, I guess, uh, anticipated. And now some people are kind of iffy on it, though some people have been iffy on it, especially Zealous, because it doesn't have the PvE that was promised. And that, of course, is Overwatch 2. Uh, oh, now, there was a suggestion by an individual uh, of the the video game press that said that to, to easily stem some of the heavier toxicity, they need that, that Blizzard needs to uh, ban the use of the word or term diff, D-I-F-F. And so, Zelis, I want you to explain that a little bit more for me. So basically what diff means, so what happens is you'll have like a match and say like you got two tanks because right now there's only one tank, but they're super powered. And so they basically are carrying the matches based on who your tank is. And what people will say is like tank diff. And basically it's kind of like trolling, but not trolling. Basically saying our tank is better than yours because they're different, which means it's better and I want to yell him to get off my damn lawn because we're using these newfangled terms. Um, but basically, that's what it means: is we're better than you. And it's usually not like I'm better than you. It's usually like my experience was always like this person on my team was better than your person on the team. So it's looked at as a way of trolling because you're basically directly calling out that role's counterpart, and that's where toxicity comes in. Um, which to me is. Dumb, stupid, pointless. It serves absolutely no stability around when it comes to toxicity by trying to ban the word diff. Like, I have no idea what that would actually solve because let's be honest, toxic people are going to be toxic. Um, if you want to ban toxicity, do what uh, Final Fantasy 14 does and basically ban, ban global chat. That's honestly the only solution I've seen 
to really, and even then, of course, you still get it in certain ways because every online game is going to get it. But I'm convinced that's one of the reasons 14 has such little toxicity is because they ban global chat. So you eliminate that low-hanging fruit of people just being stupid on the internet. Um, like people are stupid on Twitter. Um, and so it's like, no, it would not solve anything. And we've all played online games. I and mean, there's a reason I don't play MOBAs anymore. It's because the toxicity was just, it took, it sucked all the fun out of the game. Um, and I'll say my experience mostly with Overwatch 1, because I have not played Overwatch 2, was pretty positive as far as toxicity goes. Um, I mean, there's always, it was going to happen. I mean, every online game is going to have it, but by and large, it wasn't as bad to me, at least, as in a MOBA. But no, I banned the word diff. I mean, people are going to do all kinds of things. D-I-F-F or D-1-F-F, D-I-4-4. Like, I mean, you can do diff in so many different ways. And then it just becomes a stupid game of how can you type diff to still troll the enemy. Really, the problem right now with Overwatch is everything I've seen is basically the player base hates the game. That's honestly what it comes down to. Well, let me rephrase that. So there was a one of our favorite board game creators, Craig Campbell, mm -hmm. as a saying where you have the vocal minority. And that's very much what you have, especially in the forums like the Reddit and the Blizzard forums. It's the vocal minority where, like, you know, you have these, like, thousands of upvoted boasts of how it's terrible with the battle pass system and it doesn't respect your time and all these other things. But if you actually look at the numbers from what I've seen, guess what? Blizzard's still making money off of Overwatch 2. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like, yes, the vocal players probably hate the battle pass system. But for better or for worse, that's free-to-play games. I mean, Destiny 2 has it. Um, Apex Legends has it. They all have this battle pass system of some sort. Um, and I know, and I don't play a lot of them. I know people are like, oh, Overwatch 2 is just the worst of them. I can't really say either way. Uh, but it, that's just the nature of free-to-play games nowadays. Uh, and it's how they get around gam gambling, whatever you want to call it, with the loot boxes. Because remember, you don't have loot boxes like Overwatch 1. And so basically like, oh, okay, you don't want gambling in the form of loot boxes. We'll just actually make it, in my opinion, from everything I've read, financially less incentivized to actually do stuff because it's actually so much more of FOMO or fear of missing out. Because it used to be at the loot boxes, you would just basically get tokens to open them up from levels, whatever. Yep. If you don't play, you don't play. If you play, you play. Whereas battle pass systems create the worst case scenario FOMO, where if you don't play, like I think this pat league is like what 60 days, if I remember off the top of my head. So if you purchase a battle pass during that 60 days, you now feel like you have to play during those 60 days. Or you like wasted your money by not fully unlocking all the battle pass perks. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it's like a bad version of pay to play MMOs like Final Fantasy 14 or World of Warcraft. 
is how I look at battle pass systems. And I know the counterpoint, obviously, is well, you can still play for free, which I get. Um, so I hate battle pass systems, but I know a lot of people actually prefer battle pass systems. Um, Sorry, I had a piece of chocolate staring at me and so I'm eating it. So, and I do think, like, after a season or two, kind of like if Elon Musk had just said nothing about Twitter, people would just get over it. I think, honestly, it's going to be the same thing in Overwatch, too. Give it, you know, the new year, and honestly, the boards will settle down and it'll just be back to business normal. I, I really think at some point it's going to get. Just what I've seen, the game itself is good gameplay. Like, under all the battle passion and again, like the gameplay is solid from everything I've read. So, I think once people get over it, it's going to get back to business as normal. Um, I would say probably the other advantage from a battle pass system is it's easier to bring in the whales than yes. the loot box system. Um, so yeah, I do want to point out speaking of um, <clears throat> free to play games. Uh, one of the games that Zelius and I played many, many years ago, and we still, you know, give a shout out to this company every once in a while, or the, I guess the creators of the game, um, that of course being Smite, uh, well, high res studios, but though high res is now like three different companies, depending on which game you're playing. Uh, mm. but, uh, November 15th, there is going to be a Smite and old skate, old school, runescape crossover so you can see like the like the you know like runescape characters all that like you know the polygons of whatever there's going to be skins for all of the smite a bunch of the smite characters runescape style so i gotta give that shout out real quick so it it looks i mean it looks cool i mean it looks terrible because you know very low polys back in the old uh, runescape days but still pretty interesting idea Oh, look, Smite has a battle pass system, too. What oh, yeah, know? absolutely. God, they've had it for a while. How many gods does this game even have? I don't, we have, I don't know. I'm, I, I, there's a number in my head that I know is wrong. I want to say 108, but that can't be right. Jeez, that's nuts. Um, mm. How many gods are in Smite? Oh, I'm sorry. 108 is too low a number. It's 123. <clears throat> You're so behind the times, man. Ha <laughs> gosh darn it. Man, it shows you how long it's been since I played the game. Oh god. God. Um so uh there was a question that was asked of me, and I want to bring it up. Um, uh, and that is in your opinion or in your gaming experience, has there been uh like a card game or a board game or some sort of game uh that w that had that basically started as an analog game, like you know, a board game, so physically moving pieces around, or a card game, physically having the cards in your hand, etc. That has benefited from going digital, in your opinion. And I'll let. Do you need a, Do you need to think for a second, Zelis? Because I've got one right off the top of my head. I'll let you go first. The easiest one for me, I know this is going to sound, and this is, it. it is a game. Well, I guess well, on a cell phone, it's a game. Uh, but basically crosswords uh, okay. where, you know, uh, I, uh, um, I can't tell you how many times, like, I try to do a crossword and then have to, like, erase shit in, in, in life. Or 
you've also got a bunch of those crossword ga- um, games out there, or applications out there, that once you got the word right, it highlights it and locks it in. So you don't have to second guess about that shit, and you could just move on to the next part of that crossword. See, my difference is, like, I hate Sudoku on the phone. Like, I'm one of those who has to, like, on the, like, you know, the game book has to, like, write yep. out possible combinations for the squares and then kind of process of elimination as you play it. So for me, I could definitely see crossword puzzles. I get that. Um, but to me, I would say that, like, the reverse would be Sudoku, where actually I prefer the pen and pencil format of that. I, you know, to be honest with you, I think, um, I think the if done right, let me emphasize that if done right, the vast majority of collectible card games is is kind of a uh, you know a godsend on the digital platform because uh, having two children who at random will buy game will buy like card packs of Pokemon mm. never play haven't played Pokemon. And then get really depressed when that they misplace that card. Whereas the digital, you you're you're it's saved in your deck. Yes, you you don't you can't hold it in your hand. However, it's not like I'm gonna magically lose um uh I'm trying to think of a, a League of or a Legends of Ruterra card. Uh let's say uh wow, why can't I not think of come on, Charlie, Jinx. Jesus. Yep. I, oh my god! I misplaced my Jinx card. I would assume the monetization. I mean, because obviously before it's digital, you still had like, um, um, Magic the Gathering. You had yep. Pokemon, so you yep. still had very popular uh, CCG games mm-hmm. in an analog format. But I would assume, from a financial perspective, that having the digital version in addition to that now only like exploded the potential income for these companies. Yeah, no, no. I mean, having, having both those streams of revenue, however, I will go on the record and tell you that the Pokemon, uh, collectible card game, digital version of it is absolute shit because literally, um, those cards are too wordy and, And so like, and it's not like they, it's not like they take the text and then put it in another window. It's still the, it's literally like a, someone just scanned in the card and you could try your best to zoom in to read the text as best as possible. I'll say one industry that had really benefited Uh was um, poker. Yes. I mean, you think about like poker back in the day before it really goes back to the world series of poker with Chris moneymaker. Mm-hmm. I still remember because back in the day, I mean, this would have been probably early two thousands, late nineties. I remember my dad and I would watch world series of poker on ESPN yep. and watching it. And you'd have all the pros like Daniel Negreanu. Who's the guy with guys. the lizard glasses? Uh, I don't remember anymore. Phil yeah, uh, Hellmuth, who's the angry guy. So you had these like well-known guys, and also I'm Chris Moneymaker, who won it from the online game, came in and won a couple million dollars at the World Series of Poker that year. Really opened the floodgates for all of a sudden, like anybody to just play poker um, on the PC, which also opened up the whole wild world of is this legal because it's gambling and it's not regulated and 
are you playing against actual humans? Are you playing against bots? Yep. It was this whole very gray. Like, if you had money, like, in your World Series Poker Wallet, would you actually be able to get it out? Because it wasn't actually, like, hosted in America because legal. Yeah. Um, so it was this whole, I mean, it was a crazy ride there for a couple of years. Greg Raymer. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, Jesus Chris Ferguson was another guy. Um, yeah, he had, he had some characters. Yep. Yeah, we used to watch that all the time. Remember, they used to, they were showing Game Show Network with the Cash World Series of Poker Games. Yep. Where the guys would come in with like a million, two million dollars as their entry fee of like actual cash, not just, you know, chips. Yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, so I would say that's one, I'll call it sport for the context of this. I'd say it's one sport that really benefited from the analog to digital. But it still is just as effective. Like, I wouldn't say the game itself, like the game play, benefited from digital. I actually still much prefer the analog version of poker. I prefer being able to play, like, seeing the car, seeing my opponent. Like, how yeah. has it, are they, in, you know, betting? I still prefer the analog, but it kind of, it's almost like CCG games in a little bit, where, especially as an older, it can be hard to get together and play, you know, get five of your buddies together to play a game of poker. Or getting, you know, people together to play who are evenly matched to play like Magic or Pokemon where like one doesn't far out in your current generations where the rules are. So I'd say that the digital ecosystem for these card games also kind of leveled that playing field a lot where all of a sudden all those kind of minutia details don't really, they still matter, but like the developer just handles it when you play the game now. Like you don't have to think about that stuff. It just well, kind of magically Right. I, to be honest with you, I think that, that, um, one of the the things that COVID potentially allowed was for a lot of companies to maybe dip their toes into these games that were, you know, very in person, like you know, board games and card games. And if done right, you know, they they could make that amazing leap. One of the things, and to be honest with you. It's, it's a very challenging uh, thing to take on is you've got a lot of like amazing board games out there, but the rule set is insane. And I know that Zelius and I keep going back to our favorite, uh, um, how long did we read the rule book? Like four hours? That morning, yeah. What was the name of the game again? Twilight Imperium. Twilight Imperium. If if a game was done right, where you know you didn't have to guess at the rules, that would that that could potentially be fun. Because like I said, I I will fully admit I have a shit ton of board games that I've bought that seem like that people have talked up, seem really interesting, but I don't have the you know the number of people to actually play them. And if I did, you know, it would be like I would have to take we would all have to take a week off to like you know, examine the rules and really break it down. And then we would still need like a, a seasoned veteran to maybe interpret some of the the finer details so that we could actually get the most out of the game. Yeah, one place I've actually, I haven't got to it actually, um, but there are some websites that actually do this. Mm -hmm. Like one of them is Board Game Associate. Whoa, my video just freaked out. Um, Board Game Arena, where that's exactly what they do. They have like online 
games, board games online, mm-hmm. like Carcassonne, um, Seven Wonders, some pretty popular ones that you can play online. Actually, no one that's actually has a good uh, module is Ticket to Ride. Um, not through them, but through the, um, there's a Steam version of Ticket to Ride. Oh, yeah. yeah I've, I've, got, I've got the, I don't know if I have the Steam version, but I have the one for the, uh, the iPad, it, yep. which is phenomenal. That's great. It's the perfect, like, airplane game. Yeah. Kill God, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like, you're right, because there are some, the one I'm still waiting to come to, like, an official board game site is Descent. Um, Descent. Ooh, there's a game I haven't heard in a while. It's a really, I really enjoyed it, but again, it's one of those where, like, you know, modules can take hours, but the modules continue, and you have, like, you know, various quests and campaigns, so it can continue on. You know, it's like Hero Quest, but advanced. Yeah. Um, so that's one that I've been trying to find online for a while now, but there doesn't seem to be like any official version of it, basically. I would I would love I know that there's been a lot of like games based off of this, but I would love to truly be able to sink my teeth into like a real Arkham horror. Ooh. But again, yeah, part of that is definitely the complexity of um the rule set and gain that somehow into an online version. It, it can definitely be difficult. Yes. Very much so. So, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones, you know, one game that this, uh, and I've seen a lot of like clones of it is risk does yes. really well as you know, on the PC. Yes, I've definitely heard that. Yeah. So. I never I, I never really done the risk though. Just yeah. I don't know. I, I tried a couple times with the the actual board game, but there's always someone that actually bumped the board and then your pieces are on countries they're not supposed to be on or now you can't remember what your distribution is and you're just like no, I'm good. Although I will never play Monopoly. That's one game I just refuse. Well, like I'm still learning like some of like the nuances of Monopoly. And so, yeah, no, I will not play Monopoly. I'll play Monopoly Junior and I'll be the banker and I will palm whatever the, the, the currency is to make sure that I win every single time. What? See, my theory is I only play board games with people I enjoy being around. Yep. If I enjoy being around you, I don't play Monopoly because I don't want to end up hating you. Yes. <clears throat> Monopoly is definitely the game that will end friendships or relationships, period. Or my wife. That too. That too. Um, Zealus, is there any games you've been playing re- least recently? Um, I've mostly been playing Torchlight Infinite has been my choice to jour lately. Aha. I definitely think it plays better on the PC than the mobile, which is ironic because it's really a mobile port for the PC. Yes. Um, but it just, with especially like the target skills, like they're not bad on the tablet. It actually works well. It just feels better on the PC, just like most action RPGs. Um, I mean, it's, it, like I wouldn't say the torchlight on the iPad or the iPhone's bad. Yeah. I just like it better on the PC. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm still playing that. I don't even know what level I'm up to. The The interesting thing about Torchlight Infinite is like you're OP'd from like level one. Yes. 
Oh god, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Because there's always the issue where, like, if you're OP'd from level one, like, at a certain point, what's the incentive right. for grinding for more if you're not going to be, like, instead of two-shotting everything, do I now, like, look at the... Do, do they just die when I spawn now, basically? Or just run so, away. Yeah, so it's kind of like... Yeah, so that's kind of my thing. I'm like, everyone's already dying in one or two shots now, and I'm, like, level 30. So... I'm still not quite sure. Like, it's a fun game. Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure of the longevity of it necessarily. So I I recently, on a whim, bought a uh, a new Switch game, uh, more more for the kids than for me. But <laughs> I I will fully admit that I that when the kids are playing, I'm definitely all in. And that is, uh, you remember that crazy. Nintendo console that everyone was thinking, oh, this is weird. It's got a terrible name. Who wants to play with one another's Wii's? Um, there is a game on there called Wii Sports, which came with almost every single Wii. Uh, well, Nintendo has now come out with Nintendo Switch Sports. Oh. Uh, so it's basically the the Switch version of it. Uh, it utilizes those little Joy-Cons. Yeah. Um, uh, highly recommend that you strap that bad boy, you know, put the little safety thing on there because, man, those things could fly if you are careful. But it has, um, I'm trying to remember all of the games that it has. Uh, it definitely has uh, tennis, so uh, it has soccer, which you need to have, you really need to have like this leg strap for soccer to work. Uh, but it's got volleyball, badminton, and of course, bowling. And Wait, did you say tennis? Yes, I said tennis. Okay, good. Yes, uh, tennis. That's like my favorite Yeah, no, no. It, it, it's got uh, tennis, bowling. Oh, it also has sword, uh, the sword play feature from uh, the Wii Sports Resort. Uh, and then it's got soccer, volleyball, and badminton. Um, there is a rumor, or actually, I guess a promise that the Wii Golf uh functionality will be added later this year but mm. uh i have to say that i am loving the the bowling i remember you would like bowl from the bathroom <laughs> i'd be in another room and just like Sh -sh -sh. yeah because the the my my condo when i when we had a, uh, a wee sports party and I'd have to like run upstairs into the office of the bedroom and grab something. And like, Charlie, it's your turn. I'm like, whoosh, strike. Ha ha ha. Yes. So nice. I highly recommend that you, that if you have the switch uh, and you definitely have those little straps to, to anchor the joy cons to, to you. Uh, if you liked Wii sports, you're going to like this. So. I also, because you did mention it, I also did get um, Slay the Spire. Uh huh. Again, I, I tried another um, rogue, and I just the rogue lights just don't do it for me. Well, which which I think you have to play. You have to beat it with three of them to unlock the fourth one, the fourth character. Or can you? Do you have access to all four right off the bat? No, you only have access to one of them off the bat. Oh. Yeah. Well, shit. The warrior, probably. I don't remember. Yeah, the sword guy. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. you only have like one of them to start with. 
Yeah, you and got a sword you, guy, then you got a knife throwing guy, then you got like the broken robot, and then you have the weird blind chick who could change like elements and stuff, which it, it gets really complicated. Yeah. So I tried another roguelite. I'm like, nope, still don't like roguelites. No. Yeah, it's just not my game. It's just not my genre, I should say, except for Hades. Yeah. Uh, well, I, so I keep getting to. Speaking of games, so like uh, a bunch of the games that I played for the Extra Life thing uh, were like Metroidvania games. Um, I played, like I said, I played um, Ender Lilies, uh, Axiom Verge, Ghost Didn't Song. You played Axiom Verge last year? Huh? You've played that before. What? Axiom Verge. Oh yeah, dude. The Axiom Verge is I've played that a long I've been I've, I've I play that every once in a while. I also play Sundered from yeah. time to time. But uh Ender Lilies is a newer game and so is Ghost Song. And a lot of people are talking, you know, up about how awesome Ghost Song is. I have to I have to tell it to you straight. I really didn't the the reason why I played Axiom Verge, I actually started installing Axiom Verge while I was playing Ghost Song because I was just like, uh, like, I see what you're trying to do, but it's just not hitting right. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, I put some serious, I, once again, I put some serious hours into Axiom Verge and uh, started from the beginning and, and got about, I don't know, three of the three-fourths of the way through the game before I... Swapped over for uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. So yeah, that's the way it goes. Until you play, you just don't know, man. Though I will have to say that I that I did. I am a little disappointed that I didn't ex- actually get some FTL in. I was I, I had it. I like literally. I have I've, on my desktop. I have a block of games that I was like, okay, I'll probably play these. Dead Space, the original Dead Space, uh, Alice Madness Returns, Ender Lilies, Axiom Verge. Um, FTL, Ghost Song, Slay Spire, uh, what's that? Cursed to Golf, which I don't know why I didn't play that either, but whatever. But yeah. Oh, and did, Dimension um, Drive. So did um, Dead Space sufficiently scare you a second time around? I think that because of the fact that this that Dead Space originally came out in 2008, and this is literally the 2008 version, that I just, you know, I I will fully admit that there were three instances where the jump scare got me. But most of the time, it was just me getting frustrated because I ran out of ammunition. Because <laughs> I, was, I was just like, oh my God, you son of a bitch. But then, like, the final boss, I took him out like it was nothing. And it wasn't like I powered, like I was like OP'd or whatever. Like literally I had just bought all new ammo beforehand because some of these regular enemies were just like sucking up all my ammo. And then maybe it just clicked on the final fight. I don't know, but. Um, the thing is, it sounds like rose tinted glasses where. You played the one, so it was a glorious experience, but sometimes it's just not the same second time through. I just I just think because I've played so... I, I think it's because I've played so many other spooky, scary games 
that it isn't as spooky scary as it was back then. Like I, I still fully plan on getting the remastered remake of dead space. Mm. Um, and I'll play through the whole damn game again. I, I really don't have an issue. And just because I think that, you know, I, I will get that spooky factor back. I think that the, the sands of time and what you could, could not do with the graphics really hurts, you know, trying to get the same level of scare uh, 14 years later. Now, let's assume that they are hopefully leaving the lights on and they're not all like, you know, I bet these new generation gamers would actually prefer if all the lights were on and they actually see what's going on. I will find so the person who makes that fair. decision and punch him in the nuts or There's metaphorical really like nuts. There's a matchup between like CSGO, Overwatch 2, and Smite with the lights on. It's going to be great, guys. No, no, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Please, God, no. Please, fair God, enough. no. Um, but yeah, no. 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 I was tempted to get Alan Wake on the Switch, uh, but a lot of people are like, it's like Alan Wake on the Wii, which I'm not exactly sure what the hell that means because Alan Wake never actually came out on the Wii. But I would assume they mean like graphics wise, if it was in terms of it being like a generation old or two but, generations I mean, old. But still, Alan Wake originally came out. I mean, it's that's not a new game. Alan Wake originally came out in, um, where the hell did it come out? No, that's oh, good grief. It pulled up the second one. I'm like 2003, 2023. That's not right. Uh, 2010. So it's the 12 year game, 12 year old game. You know, so whatever. Well, supposedly in the next like month or two, yeah, supposedly. December 9th, yep. the, the um, next-gen upgrade to Witcher 3 is coming. Yep, yep. We haven't actually heard anything about it, so we'll be interested to see if it's going to happen. Like, I mean, we've heard about it, but then it's been, like, radio silence. And you think of it as, like, actually coming, maybe some kind of, like, it's coming. Oh, it better. <laughs> That's all I have to knows? say. It better. Who knows? That's actually... I never actually played like all the Witchers like through. I sh really should do that. I have, I have played all three all the way through, and I, I to be honest, like I, I think I've said this before. Witcher, the first Witcher was the most risque out of yeah. them all because it's more of that European type of feel where they're now you know all the the it was, you know, there's pretty naked ladies in the first one, and it kind of. Those pretty naked ladies kind of started getting further and further to the to the the background with each iteration of The Witcher. But I can see that yeah. still, I mean, it's a phenomenal series, both both the games and now the Netflix uh, series. So can't complain. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have reached the end of our show. Uh, so. I would like to take this time to thank everyone for tuning into the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelia, it's been a pleasure giving you to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in a free world. Amen to that, brother.